When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Everything 80s 2021 Christmas Special. Hey there, and welcome to the 2021 Everything 80s Podcast Christmas Special. I'm Jamie. Thanks for coming on out here today. I've got the Fireplace channel going in the background and ready to roll. And what we're going to do is look at several 1980s movies and TV shows that have made up the holiday season. We're going to look at a few movies from the 80s that appear to be regular movies, but are in fact Christmas movies. And you can probably see where this is going. Then we're going to look at four or five forgotten 1980s Christmas specials that I think are worth looking back at and have been sort of lost to time, but they're still available to watch. So I think it's worth recapping all that. Okay, let's get right into it. first thing we'll do is look at a few films that are actually Christmas movies. And let's just start with Die Hard and get this out of the way right off the bat. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And it's going to be hard to sort of sum this up in a short bit because this could be like an eight-part episode all about this movie. So I get that it wasn't seen this way when it was first released in 1988, but it has grown into a holiday classic. The easiest thing to point out is that they set this movie at Christmas. It also features Christmas music and makes it fit into holiday viewing. Those who object to this classification will point out the movie was released in the summer of 1988. That is a good point, but it's too hard to deny the many Christmas connections this movie has. But to sum it up, the last word on Die Hard being a Christmas movie movie comes from one writer of the film, Stephen D'Souza. In an article in Time magazine, D'Souza points out that he and fellow writer Jeb Stewart crafted the movie as a Christmas tale. And it might have just been a financial incentive because their idea was that there would be residuals year after year if it was made as a Christmas movie. And with Christmas movies especially in the 80s where there were specific genres of film like action, adventure, comedy, rom-com, you know, it's hard to make a dent. You don't know if your movie's going to catch on, but if it can be established at Christmas, you could have a potentially long-lasting hit year after year. Die Hard happened to be a massive hit, but it made sense that they went this Christmas route because the 80s was the era of action-adventure movies. So how were they going to differentiate themselves? And this was the way to do it. So I know it can be a long topic, but let's just leave it at that. The next movie, Gremlins, and I've covered this show before a while back on why this is a Christmas movie. And it's one of my favorites, and it's also one of my favorite Christmas movies. So 
On the surface, Gremlins is a black comedy horror movie, but we can't ignore, again, that the movie is entirely set at Christmas. It also features Christmas music. Even the musical score of the movie takes influence from some classic Christmas songs. When you dig deeper into Gremlins, it explores some holiday themes that cement it as a Christmas movie. Here are a few. Gremlins is all about the dangers of consumerism during the holidays. There's the idea that love and affection can be bought with gifts, you know, the way the absent father tries to do with his son and the idea that, you know, purchasing can make up for neglect or whatever. And then the gremlins themselves run amok the same way capitalism and commercialism has run amok during the holidays. The movie and the gremlins themselves represent how the holidays can be a difficult time for people. Many movies try to shove Christmas cheer down our throats, and the gremlins represent that it's okay to not always feel the joy of the holidays. To understand that point, that last point, you just have to rewatch that horrifying Santa story told by Katie. So Gremlins isn't an anti-Christmas movie. It just shows both sides of the coin during a season that can easily get out of control. Number three, Rocky IV. And you probably don't associate Sylvester Stallone with anything to do with Christmas, but Rocky IV may be his one offering. This movie came out during the holiday season, and it was released on November 27, 1985. This is a simple sort of premise, but the culmination of this movie involves the final showdown between Rocky and the Russian Ivan Drago, that with the final fight taking place on Christmas Day. Rocky trains through Halloween and Thanksgiving as if they are warm-ups for the other big holiday that's right around the corner. The movie even finishes with Rocky wishing his son, who's watching at home on TV, a Merry Christmas. Okay, here's the last one. And it just misses the cut of the 80s, but from 1992, but connected to the original. And this is Batman Returns, which is pretty much a direct sequel to the 1989 Tim Burton classic. And if you haven't seen Batman Returns in a while, definitely go back and check it out. This movie is astonishing, and I think it's one of the best comic book movies ever made. The follow-up, like I said, to the 89 classic wasn't overly well-received at first, but over the years, appreciation has grown. What makes Batman Returns a Christmas movie is, again, the obvious fact it's set during the holidays. The setting of the entire movie looks like a very gothic-themed Christmas, but Christmas nonetheless. Villains are shot at a Christmas presents. There's a tree lighting ceremony, a Christmas ball, and Christmas music plays throughout. Again, like Gremlins, this isn't a feel-good movie, but the themes of it relate to, you know, some of the biblical Christmas stories and, you know, the birth of the evil penguin and he was dumped in a sewer on Christmas and then he returns 33 years later, sort of, you know, connecting to him as a Christ-like figure. And then he takes on, you know, from the biblical... Um, Christmas tale with Herod wanting to take out all the firstborn sons, and that's his exact plan to do to the firstborn sons of Gotham. So, you know, obviously this movie is quite a bit darker than you may remember, but it does finish on a positive note with Bruce Wayne wishing Alfred a Merry Christmas and wishing goodwill toward men and women. So similar to Gremlins, Batman Returns isn't an anti-Christmas movie, but one that looks at the holiday from another angle. So that's the Christmas movies that appear to be regular movies, but are actually Christmas movies. Now let's look at some forgotten 
80s Christmas specials that definitely represent the holiday season and the 1980s very well. There's so many Christmas classics we grew up with. Rudolph, Frosty, Home Alone, White Christmas, A Charlie Brown Christmas. You know, those are a few that instantly come to mind. But these are all from different decades that got adopted by kids of other decades, including the 80s. But what about 80s-specific Christmas specials? The classics rightly deserve their place as holiday staples, but this is looked back on a few that you may or may not know of, or ones that you've maybe completely forgotten. It's tough to stand out as a Christmas special. With all the competition out there, how do you make a dent? And how do you go up against the juggernauts that already exist? This will be in no particular order, but hopefully give you some new offerings to look at each holiday season. The first one, a Garfield Christmas. I don't know about you, but this was an absolute go-to special in my house. I don't think it had the impact of Frosty or Charlie Brown Christmas, but I think it should be in the mix. The year was 1987 and Garfield was in his prime. As a young kid, I was obsessed with all things Garfield. I would even spend time in class trying to draw him. They were terrible. This special takes all the things we loved about the comic strip, but also gives it some heart. Here's the quick synopsis. John, Garfield, and Odie are heading out to his family's farm to celebrate Christmas. We meet John's cynical grandma, and she and Garfield strike up a quick bond. Fun fact, Pat Carroll performed the voice of grandma, and you may know her better as the voice of Ursula in The Little Mermaid. We hear stories about John's grandpa, who's no longer with us. And one night, Garfield makes a discovery of old letters from John's grandpa. They were love letters written to John's grandma, and Garfield gives them to her as a gift on Christmas morning. Garfield also gets a thoughtful gift from Odie, a back scratcher he made himself. As mentioned, this special has some heart to it, and Garfield steps outside his usual cynical comfort zone to talk about the importance of loving each other. This special is interesting because it's semi-autobiographical, and it's focused on the actual childhood of Jim Davis. He even had a brother they called Doc Boy. The special came out on December 21st, 1987. They often played it alongside the Charlie Brown special and would be in rotation for 13 straight years. And it was a big hit. The special was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program and showed up in TV Guide's list of the 10 best holiday specials for families. Speaking of that, I want to give an honorable mention right now to A Muppet's Family Christmas and one of the all-time best, not just from the 80s, all-time best TV Christmas specials. But I did an episode a few episodes back all about that if you want to go check it out. Okay, next on the list... Pee-wee's Playhouse Christmas Special. Every TV series has a Christmas special, and they're often quite good, but they seem like a dime a dozen and don't stray too much from their regular premise. The Pee-wee's Playhouse Christmas Special is one that stands out. As a kid, I loved everything to do with Pee-wee Herman, and my mom hated him. This led to the banning of his show in my house, and you can imagine how much more that made me want to watch. Pee-wee's Playhouse was so wonderfully bizarre. It was somehow ahead of its time and also a throwback. This special came out in 1988 and is as over the top as the regular show was. Here's a 
small, small sampling of some of the guest appearances. Oprah, Cher, Grace Jones, Little Richard, Charo, K.D. Lang, Annette Funicello, Frankie Avalon, Dinah Shore. How, like, how's that for the most random bunch of celebrities stuffed into a Christmas special? The premise of the show is simple, but still kind of sweet. Pee-wee has a Christmas wish list that is so long that there won't be enough presents left for all the other kids on Earth. Santa comes to him and tries to point this out, and ultimately, Pee-wee learns the true meaning of Christmas. You may vaguely remember this thing, but people love it. Many cite it as one of their top favorite Christmas specials, and they watch it every year. The special has been pretty available and has aired on Netflix, but it may not still be up depending on where you live. I searched for it on Prime Video and Mad Men came up, so make of that what you will. You can go on YouTube in the meantime and look up some amazing clips from the show. Oh, yeah. Also, Zsa Zsa Gabor, Whoopi Goldberg, and Joan Rivers are also in this thing. The next one on the list is a bit of a deep cut, and it's called The Christmas Tree Train. This special came from 1983, and it's worth checking out if there's, you know, something new you're looking for to add into the mix that also has a bit of nostalgia to it. I vaguely remember this thing, but it's available to find on YouTube. It has a bit of a Frosty the Snowman feel to it. The story is about a bear cub named Buttons and his friend Rusty, who is a fox. They hop aboard a freight train to head to the big city, but end up getting lost. Now they have to get home in time for Christmas and avoid all the obstacles preventing them. There's not a ton of info about this because it's a pretty obscure special. It would only live on through kids who taped it off TV when it first aired on December 2nd, 1983. It will definitely still work for younger kids today as it is pretty timeless. Or if it's one of those things that slipped your mind, you may love a revisit. So that's the Christmas tree train. And again, look it up on YouTube. Okay, the next choice, The Night They Saved Christmas. This live-action, made-for-TV movie came out on ABC on December 13th, 1984. This is another one I vaguely remember, but I mainly remember, remember it because it had Art Carney as Santa Claus, and I was a huge Honeymooners fan. The Night They Saved Christmas is about an oil company exploring the North Pole. The guy running this project is named Michael Baldwin, and all their blasting through the ice isn't producing any results. In the meantime, he's having issues with his family, and his kids are debating about the existence of Santa. Michael is threatened to be fired, and he ends up meeting Ed, who is Santa's head elf. Ed tells him that all his work in the North Pole could destroy North Pole City. Michael now knows Santa is real and takes his family to the North Pole to meet him. Michael tries to protect North Pole City from an evil business owner, as one more blast for oil could ruin Christmas as we know it. So Michael fails, and Santa and North Pole City are destroyed. Um, Obviously, they're not. Michael is able to prevent the damage, and the evil business owner sees Santa and his reindeer and becomes a believer. Since this is a TV movie, and from 1984, it looks kind of cheap, but it is still filled with a ton of 80s Christmas charm. Again, luckily, the gods of YouTube have it up, and you can watch the entire thing still. This special was a big hit at the time, and was actually nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Children's Programming. Also nominated that year, check this list out. Punky Brewster, Reading Rainbow, and an Ewok Adventure. That's some heavyweights right there. 
If you're looking for a new Christmas special to embrace with a real 80s connection, you'll want to give The Night They Save Christmas a shot. Also, a young Scott Grimes is in this. You may know him from ER, Band of Brothers, and the voice of Steve Smith on American Dad. Also, there's an appearance by a Tommy Omnibot at the end, which I'm a big fan of. Our last choice is one of the most interesting and also probably the most bizarre Christmas special out there. And it's called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. And I think this is worth looking at as most people don't know it, but it is very significant. This was a stop motion special made by Rankin Bass. And it was the last Christmas and really overall um, production they ever did. Rankin Bass and Christmas go hand in hand. The production company shaped the childhoods of millions of kids at Christmas, and it really wouldn't be the holidays without their specials. And I've done a whole bunch on the Rudolph special before, how it was a special from the 60s that was really adopted by kids of the 70s and 80s. And then they pass it down to their kids, and it, you know it still lives to this day. Here's a fun fact with Rudolph. I won't go too much into this. In the opening credits, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but when they're putting the year release of Rudolph, it's actually in Roman numerals. You may have noticed that on one of the packages. The problem is they thought they had the correct Roman numerals for 1964. What it turns out they were spelling out was the year 1164. And it seems like a you know insignificant oversight, but it was one that actually had some real big legal ramifications, and it meant they didn't have true copyright ownership to this whole thing. And it's almost that it exists in the public domain. And that's why you've seen so much usage of Rudolph and the characters and the stop motion characters in movies, in countless commercials. You can probably think of a bunch where they they go back to these stop motion characters and that specific look is because Rankin-Bass technically didn't have a leg to stand on as far as the ownership because of that one little mistake. But of course, Rankin-Bass is more than just the Rudolph special. And of course, Frosty the Snowman and the Little Drummer Boy and whatnot. There are a ton of other incredible specials they created, including a pretty unknown Halloween special. As I mentioned, this was the last Christmas special they would produce before the company shut down in 1987. They did do one more cartoon special. It was like a frog thing, and they were actually involved in the Thundercats cartoon. But that other uh, cartoon special came out before this Christmas one. So this is really the last thing Rankin Bass ever made. And I'll admit, this one gets pretty bizarre. It's like a Lord of the Rings Christmas special. Here's the rundown of the plot. The Council of the Immortals is where the story of Santa Claus is told. Ak, that's the name, A-K, was one of the council. And he shares how he found uh, he found Santa abandoned in a snowy woods. This actually would conflict with their origin story of Santa told in Santa Claus is coming to town. And this is very odd because if you are a Rankin-Bass fan, you know it's like the original MCU and the whole universe is connected and all these characters have crossovers and appear in other things. They're referenced in other future stories. And so this one was interesting that there was actually kind of a mistake. So Ak and a lioness named Shigra both raised the baby. Baby Santa is then stoned by Nisil, 
he's a fairy, but ends up getting to raise the baby Santa. So now they've called him Claus. It, like, this gets very bizarre. When Claus grows up, he has to go live with the mortals. So to fit in, he sets up a workshop with an elf named Tingler. Claus ends up making toys because all the kids love them. He then delivers the toys in a sack until a bunch of thugs jump him. Axe sees how important Claus is and gives him immortality to keep delivering his presents every year. The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus is based on a book of the same name from 1902 and 1902, that is, and was written by Wizard of Oz creator L. Frank Baum. So this may explain the fantastical elements to it. And of course, I mentioned this story is pretty dark. So the original story. So Rankin Bass created the character of Tingler, who was not in the book, to bring a bit of comic relief to the show, which is, you know, a standard in all Rankin Bass productions. You may or may not remember the special when it came out, but there was a lot of hype to it. It was a Rankin Bass Christmas special after all. The show first aired on December 17, 1985 on CBS and had a pretty huge 12.5 rating and 19% audience share. That means that one in five TVs turned on that night were watching it. The best fact of this whole thing is that a young J.D. Roth provided the voice of the young Santa Claus. Yes, the same J.D. Roth from Funhouse. Hopefully you remember that amazing game show. So the life and adventures of Santa Claus didn't end up being a Christmas classic, but it's still a very significant special from the 80s and representative of the production company that is synonymous with Christmas itself. So let's finish it up there. There are just so many Christmas classics and so many great ones that came from the 1980s. So today I just wanted to look at a few of those ones that you may have forgotten about, or some of them might be brand new. The thing I love about the holidays is our own little traditions. There are some movies and specials you may think are ridiculous, but they are a cherished part of everyone's holiday viewing, no matter what those traditions are. I have a few that people probably think are ridiculous, like still watching The Muppets Family Christmas or the Star Wars Holiday Special, but it just wouldn't be Christmas without them. So I'll finish it there. If you celebrate it, have a very Merry Christmas, uh, but just enjoy the holiday, enjoy the time, um, be with the people you love and care about, and just enjoy those things that bring you joy during the holiday season. So that's it for me. I'll talk to you soon. 